All right, so why don't we get started? Um, like I said, I'm Trent from LME Counseling. Thanks for uh, joining us today on Behind the Door series number nine. Uh, we've been doing this for <clears throat> nine weeks in a row now and hope to continue to keep it up. It's uh, one way that we at LMB Counseling are trying to break the stigma of counseling, which is our, our brand and our motto and our passion, uh, just to kind of show you what goes on behind the door, uh, whether it's sharing some techniques. Today we're going to talk a little bit about techniques. We're also going to talk about uh, the why we're doing what we're doing, the science behind it, so you have a better understanding of, of if you're a prospective client or even maybe a caregiver of uh, some of the things that we do and, and then obviously why we do it. Um, today's topic is uh, multitasking. Um, I think everyone, well not everyone, I think a lot of people are under the impression that, that they can multitask, that they're good at doing certain things, uh, a couple things at once. Um, it's, it's generally a myth. Uh, there are not many people on earth that can do uh, two tasks at one time, uh, even if they're mundane. Uh, but certainly the, the higher level we go as far as um, intellect, it just can't happen. So what I'd like to do is just kind of talk a little bit about the science and then talk about uh, how we kind of demonstrate that here in our practice and then some things that you can do for yourself or as a caregiver for uh, a child or adolescence that's struggling with uh, multitasking or short attention spans um, because they kind of play together. Uh, basically what has happened uh, right now with attention span is our average attention span is about six seconds. Uh, which is lower than a goldfish's, uh, surprisingly, and that has continued to decline uh, over time. And I, I don't see any evidence that it's that it's changing as the world gets a little more complex. Uh, whether you introduce anxiety or, or depression or just day-to-day -day lives, certainly uh, these little things, they have the ability to to take our attention. Um, and so that number has come down over the last uh, decade or two. I think it was eight seconds. Now it's, uh, like I said, it's six seconds. So one of the things that um, I want you to understand with multitasking is there, there's there's generally three types. You've got your classic multitasking, which is um, trying to do two things at once, two complex issues at once. Uh, then you've got switching. So going from, um, let's say, cooking to maybe vacuuming or having a conversation with this person to that person. And then there's what's called attention residue, which is doing a lot of tasks succinctly back to back to back to back. And, and therefore, there's this residue, like I said, it's a buildup. Um, and it causes the drain, the brain on the drain, or the drain on the brain, excuse me. Um, we, we know from research that about 40% uh, of your day in the, in the professional world is spent on multitasking. We know that. Um, 30% of your day spent on daydreaming, so that doesn't leave much time to actually get work done. Uh, we also know that 35% um, of the time, uh, people are checking their emails, their IMs, their texts, their notifications, uh, sometimes every three minutes. So how this plays out is um, anytime that you go from one task to another task, it's like being on 45 here, uh, 70, 80 miles an hour, hitting the brakes, and changing direction, not just changing lanes, but hitting the brakes and changing direction. And it takes a while for you to get back up to speed to do the next task. If you're doing that every two to three minutes, um, it's hard to get things done. So one of the things that we do uh, at LMB Counseling, one of the, the tricks that we do, especially with our kids and, and even teenagers, is a lot of times we will um, we'll put together three games. 
Uh, it is usually Uno, Connect Four, and and checkers. If if someone's played chess, we play chess because that's a higher level thinking game, um, and they all require different strategies. And we will um, just kind of set it up and say, hey, we're going to do one move at a time, so one card at a time, uh, one uh, piece, checker piece for Connect Four, and then one checker or chess piece, um, and just say we're going to do one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And and that's kind of the only parameters we give. And then we, we're counting in our heads how many times someone plays out of turn, makes a mistake, uh, and eventually we'll stop. Very rarely do we get through a game because it, the, the errors start stacking up. So what you can see is, is as things become more complex or the farther you get into it, especially when you're dealing with competitive people who want to win, um, they want it out of the, uh, not, not on purpose, but they'll make a mistake. Uh, and they'll get lost in what order they're supposed to be. Um, and then we'll stop and say, all right, uh, now we're going to start them over. Uh, every time that you make a move or play a card, uh, the therapist is going to say, all right, switch. And we're just going to use one word, which is switch, which means go from this thing to connect four to checkers or chess, and then back to uno. And we'll say switch every time. And if we see them getting off track, we'll say switch. So we're training them that despite there's two of the things that could get their attention, pay attention to the one thing. Um, the one thing is just Uno. And then what we will do after that a lot of times is we'll separate those games because they're very stimulating. And we'll put one in one corner, a one in another corner, and then one where it was. And, and still the same concept, switch but move around, switch and move around, play one thing at a time. You'll see that performance rate uh, raise dramatically. And then what we do at the end is we bring it all together and say, okay, now we're going to incorporate these things. You're still going to do it on your own. We're not going to uh, help you this time. And what will happen is from, from the beginning, baseline, till the end, you'll see a, uh, usually a reduction in uh, people's making errors, kids and, and teenagers making errors. And it just shows that even when you take something as, 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 as fun as a game, as a card game like Uno or, or Connect Four or Checkers, um, inevitably, people start making mistakes because there's so much more to pay attention to. Um, so we just use that, that one context clue, which is switch, to help them know that it's now time to go to something else. That way it's kind of like stopping that car and picking a new direction and paying attention to that thing. So that happens a lot. We do that to, uh, just to kind of demonstrate to parents and to themselves, like this is how quickly things can get off track. This is how quickly you can start thinking about other things. So imagine what that's like in a classroom, especially for a, a kid or a teenager, or even adult who has ADD, um, whose attention span is constantly swirling. Uh, it may be quicker than six seconds that uh, something's coming into their head that makes them pay attention. Um, with the advent uh, of these, um, it has, and especially with everyone predominantly working from home, being at home, you're so much more accessible right now. You're so uh, you know, email, all these notifications, whether it's on your laptop or your computer or uh, using your phone, um, there's all these places for distraction. And, and what multitasking does, short attention span, but multitasking, which is causing short attention span, because it goes back to that habit loop that we talk about a lot, you're creating bad habits. Um, by every time checking your email or checking an IM or checking your notifications or just looking away from the tasks that you're supposed to be doing, it's creating a bad habit and your productivity is going down dramatically. So it, uh, we know that multitasking impacts your short-term memory. 
It increases your anxiety because now you're feeling like you're getting less done. Uh, it, it inhibits your creative thinking. It um, stops you from getting into flow state. And flow state is just your productive state. So if you're working on something, whether it's, uh, let's say it's math as a kid, um, or just a Lego project or something that's fun or at work, you've got a project that you're working on. Flow state is when you're in this really productive place and you're getting a lot of things done. Um, but it, it, it inhibits it because you're constantly stopping looking at something else. So you're constantly, you're not able to get into that rhythm of flow state. And, and generally it just causes more mistakes. Uh, I know that uh, last week I was trying to enter some information to Blue Cross Blue Shield for one of my therapists that we hired. Um, and I was trying to do one thing while doing that and I sent in the wrong number um, just because I wasn't completely focused on the one thing. Uh, so it happens and it, it weaves itself into our personal lives all the time. Um, you know, you, your kid could be talking to you and you're reading something on your phone. That's multitasking. So you, you can't do both of those things uh, as well as if you just paid attention to your phone or if you paid attention to what your kid was saying. Um, so a lot of it comes from just like we talk about pretty much in all these open door series is having better habits, having better awareness, uh, not believing the myth that you're great at doing two things at once because you're not. Um, you're going to be much better at doing that one thing than trying to do the two things. Um, so there, there's ways to kind of raise your consciousness about your multitasking. Uh, some things you can do is make sure you don't have any notifications on your laptop. Uh, right now, I have way too many uh, windows open on my browser. Uh, so having one browser, if you're working on one thing, um, not having your phone next to you, like we've talked about, certainly not turned up, but if you have to have it face down on silent, because all of those are just ways to stop you from doing the thing that you're doing and pulling you away from your productivity, especially when it comes to school, especially when it comes to working. I know we've got all these inherent challenges that are occurring right now and are going to continue to occur with most of, uh, most of the people that are probably seeing this going back to school online rather than in person. Uh, and then that means, you know, I know a, a large majority of people are still working from home. So there's a lot of uh, opportunity to, to have bad habits. There's also a lot of opportunity to have some, start some great habits. Um, carve out time in your day, uh, like a block of time where you're gonna do, uh, do your flow work. Carve out a time if you need to check your email, carve out a time when you're gonna check your email or check your notifications. Uh, carve out a time when you're gonna get up and um, walk around and just have downtime so you can come back and be in a better mental state so you can get into flow state and be productive. Um, don't, um, don't have a lot of browsers up like I was talking about. Uh, just know that these things are going to come in and steal your time. And since we spend 30% daydreaming and the other, what do we say, like 40% multitasking, there's not a lot of time to do actual work we can re roll back that multitasking time and we can be a lot more productive in our day-to-day -day lives. So just a little insight uh, about multitasking. Uh, work hard on trying not to do those things that come in and steal time. It's steal your attention. Set aside time to do the things you want to do. That way you know you can get there in case that thought pops in your head. You can be like, nope, I'll come back to that at 2 o'clock. I've got 2 o'clock set aside to do that. Um, do, you can use that schedule that we talked about a couple weeks ago um, or something like it just to set up your day 
So you know when you're working on things, that way it frees your brain up from having to think, when am I going to get to this? When am I going to get to that? When am I going to go to the grocery store? You know, when am I going to make dinner? Uh, all the things that we're having to do in our day-to-day -day lives, when am I going to exercise? You could use that schedule or something like that just to create uh, blocks of time along with any meetings that you're going to have, things like that. And it works really well. It will work really well coming up this school year to create those blocks of time, too, for um, when your child could do math and when they could do uh, language arts or English, depending on how old they are. Um, so use some of the tools we've already provided and then some of the tools that I talked about here. I will link a, uh, a website or a blog that um, talks a little bit more in depth about the science. I always try to be um, conscious of people's time and keep these short. So you can go on and read that as well. Um, please follow up with me if you have any questions and let us know if there's anything we can do for you, any questions that, or, or ideas you have for future topics. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we do have um, a mindfulness group that's going to be starting in August that Sade is going to start. And uh, please go uh, check out our new website. Um, we've got some, it's a brand new website that launched uh, just a week and a half ago, so we're pretty excited about it. And then we're going to have, we've added two new therapists that we're going to be incorporating into the website in the future. So we're excited about that as well. Hope you all uh, stay well, stay safe, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Have a great day.